Hi, and welcome to episode 248 of No Crying in Baseball, the Derby Draft in the Dead episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Welcome back. I, I am happy to be here. I just walked in the door about less than a half an hour ago from the evil empire of New York City, and I am just a little bit ragged around the edges because I had a late night at City Field. What were you doing at City Field? I thought you were going to a Yankees game. What were you doing at City Field? I did do that on Friday night, so it was a busy time in New York, and so I'm lagging like so, so much, listeners, so please excuse all of the errors I'm about to make, but Friday night went to the Yankees game. Saturday night, last night, we saw the dead at City Field, and I have I've seen the dead a lot in my day, but if you, you know, if you include all the incarnations of what used to be the Grateful Dead and their various touring groups since then, um, but I've never seen them in New York City. And oh my God, there are so many people in New York City. And were they all sitting next to you at, and, at the dead show? Well, we first wanted to go hang out on Shakedown Street in the, in the parking lot scene. And so it took us a while to find it because we didn't know the area that well. And we walked from the hotel, which was about two miles. And so we're still walking. And we finally found it. And there had been a downpour, luckily, that only happened in the middle of the day from like 3 to 4 p.m. So we got there at like 5. And there was a lake in the middle of the parking lot. Like a huge lake. And some unfortunate people with their stalls were like, there's this one guy selling grilled cheese sandwiches from like, I would say 10 feet in the lake. And he needed a boat because like, you know, some people would wait out to get their grilled cheese sandwiches, but some people wanted to keep their shoes on. I don't know. I think it hurt his business a little bit, but most of us had to sort of squish around the periphery of the lake to get to other places to, you know, see stuff. And we got sort of halfway in and I realized, oh crap, we like getting out is going to be so hard. So then we spent the rest of the time getting out because we were meeting my kid's friend because unfortunately my kid and their uh, their significant other ended up with COVID and could not join us for the oh, festivities, no. which is like such a shitty thing. So we, we met the friend and then we finally got into, and here's where things like really brightened up. We just got, you know, shit luck tickets. Uh, Mr. Potty Mouth got on, got the first tickets he could that were not on the floor because I am old. I am old. I cannot do general admission. Bad support is your friend. Yep. Yep. And it was beyond that. So he ended up getting us tickets that were in the City Field Delta Club. And of course, it wasn't like your, like the full Delta Club thing wasn't running, but they were cushy seats. Cushy for your tushy. Like really nice seats. (laughs) And like much, and and when you went inside to get concessions, it was like that nice little air conditioned area with the Mets game on on TV. So I was catching bits of the Mets game during the intermission. Our bathrooms were in really nice condition. Here's the cat who has been missing me. So you're going to hear a little bit from him. Because Reed, I just got home. So (laughs) that is saying hi. So anyway, we had a very lovely concert experience once the concert itself got going. Bought a few beers in Mets cups and brought them for uh, Mr. Potty Mouse Cousin, who's a Mets fan. Thought that would be a nice little very thing nice. to do. So, yeah, we got home at really, really early in the morning <laughs> to our hotel, got a couple hours of sleep, and then our transportation this morning went thus. We left the hotel, took a bus to the subway, took a subway to another subway, 
took that to the train at Penn Station, came into Union Station here, took another subway and another bus, and then walked in the door, opened up the computer, and now I'm talking to you all. So that's why I'm making so wait, much wait, wait. sense. Wait, wait, Opened up the computer, opened up a beer. Yes. And now we're right. talking to you all. Right. Now we're talking. Now wow. we're talking. I feel like I was, I was, I was pretty lazy. Yeah, well. And, and I'm okay with that because I'm exhausted just hearing your story. <laughs> oh, one last thing for any deadheads, fellow deadheads out there. Uh, Bill the drummer did play last night. I guess he came in the night before last and was doing a little bit, but last night he played the full show and he was awesome and it was just beautiful. So if anybody wants any more info at the bet, about the dead, just listen up later about how to contact us and I'll, I'll let you know all about it. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, I've just been here, you know, holding the fort for you and, and going it needs to, to be held. Yeah, it, it does. It does. And I, I feel like I've done my job now. So I'm going to talk about baseball some more. I hope you will too. Should sure. we do that? Okay. We'll do it. On today's show, this time, Potty Mouth went to Yankee Stadium, so like batting down the hatches. Here we go. Uh, we've got boyfriends on the trading block in the All-Star game, back from the dead, you know, the other dead, and messing with records. We've got Derby and the draft. We've got women in the front office. We've got a DH leading the DR in the WBC. And we've got labor issues featuring stadium workers and minor leaguers. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I'm back from New York. I'm back from Yankee Stadium. You have, I did you have not, not get said, killed. You have not said escape from New York yet. That usually you lead with that. I absolutely did. Yeah, I'm checking the score. So Stop I, I, checking the damn right, score. Right. That's going to be the punchline. So weekend number two in exploits between the Red Sox fans and the Yankee fan who's coming to visit. So last weekend... We, I told you all about our Fenway experience with our Yankee fan friend, and he survived. And then we went to the Bronx, and we actually we scored on an Airbnb that was walking distance from Yankee Stadium, one mile, like an easy walk. Very nice. And so I thought that that was a great thing. And then we head out of the Airbnb, and I'm wearing my bright red Kiki Hernandez jersey. Does it Mr. have like a, a Target painted kind, on that's it? Exactly, a little bit. Exactly yeah. what I felt like. And so I'm sort of like hanging out close to the the Yankees friend, and and made him sort of sit, you know, stand in between us as we were walking along. And people were really. It was a friendly rivalry feel. I think I, I both at Fenway and at New York. Things felt much less tense than I recall in my youth. Maybe I was just a high-strung youth. But there was a lot of just friendly jiving back and forth. And luckily, luckily, the game that I went to went our way. But, oh, my God, it was tense. And just to, and by know, our, that means the Red Sox way. Yeah, the Red Sox way. If you're not won. used to potty mouth's use of, um, yeah, possessive, <laughs> yeah. So that's good. But it looks like, I mean, the Yankees took two out of three in Fenway, and they're on their way to two out of three at Yankee Stadium. So, yes, I do have to tip my hat to the Yankees with, like, just so much grudge behind it. But I, I kind of, I, I hate to say it, I had fun at Yankee Stadium. So it's it's That's like it's okay. It, yeah. It's it's soulless compared to Fenway. It's so it's, it's it's huge and vapid. It's like going to a football stadium. It's did so you say vapid, huge and vapid. 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 You did say vapid. Yeah. It's but but actually this time it was pretty full of people. Really full actually. It was a sellout crowd. So there were a lot of people there. So, you know, my bottom line is like if if you go to a game and you want to actually get to your concessions and maybe get a beer and maybe have some room to walk around and get into the bathroom, then Yankee Stadium is your place to be. But if you want to go to a game where you're like sort of sucked in in the midst of an incredibly enthusiastic, screaming, jumping crowd, singing, 
um, with a lot of ambiance and possibly a pole in your way and some rickety seats, then you go to Fenway. So, you know, everybody's got their taste. What I do appreciate about Yankee Stadium is we were getting to our seats and we were looking for beer and there was harpoon beer. And there was actually harpoon. Wait, is that Fenway or Yankee Stadium? This is Yankee Stadium. What you appreciate about Yankee Stadium. Yep. Okay. All and right. it was so Boston beer at Yankee Stadium. I totally appreciated that. So we grabbed that. And then it was a crazy game. So Okay, wait, wait. Before you get into the game, I have a very uh-huh. important question. Yeah, please. It's a safety-related question mm-hmm. because safety is job one. What is more dangerous, wearing a Red Sox jersey to Yankee Stadium or wearing a, say, oh, for instance, a Jeter jersey to Fenway? <laughs> I, I think that they were pretty equivalent, to tell you the truth. Um, they're on first blush when I first came in, to, especially at Yankee Stadium, I felt like, oh shit, there were a lot more Yankee fans at Fenway than there are Red Sox fans at Yankee Stadium. Like, where are my people? But on the way out after the game, it's like all of a sudden I saw my people because they were all high fiving me on the way out. So that was a lot of fun. For sure, yeah, yeah. That helps. That helps you locate people when yeah. they're happy. Yes, as opposed but, to like ducking. Yeah, that would have been bad. But I think because of the size of the crowd, we weren't as apparent. Maybe we weren't as big of a percentage. But I think either way, it's the same sort of like friendly teasing. So we are both teams were going into this game Friday feeling very high stakes about it. I mean, the Red Sox had almost gotten swept by the Yankees at Fenway. The Red Sox had just gotten swept by Tampa, which super sucks. Meanwhile, the Yankees are coming in, and we thought that they were going to have sort of an easy breeze between the two Red Sox series, but they went up against Cincinnati and lost two out of three and felt pretty shitty about going down to the Reds. So there was so much energy, like crazy energy going into it. And I was I was waiting for my usual, like, just kind of a little bit of seething when the Yankees come up. Like, I just usually get this, like, when Brett Gardner was there, I was just a little bit seething. And I look at the lineup, and I'm like, Shit, and I, I, I texted you in a little bit of panic. Like, I can't hate these guys. Eight out of nine of the Yankees lineup were either current or former baseball boyfriends of ours. And just a quick side note for those of you joining us for the first time, we're going to talk a lot about baseball boyfriends, guys that we pick in the offseason because they're cool. There's something we like about them outside of the field. And, um, and we each pick one guy per team, but then guys move around over the years. So it's just that the Yankees seem to be kind of a magnet for good players. Well, yeah, so this is kind of how I was feeling about the Hammers. Like, I have beef mm. with the Atlanta team because I hold a grudge from the late 90s. But I like just about almost everybody on the team I have affection for. I enjoy them. They are they have their boyfriend material, whether or not we've picked them. I like watching them. But in my head, it's like, no, no. I right. have to, like, I have, I have a grudge. I have beef with the Atlanta team. And I think that's kind of how we both are kind of feeling of you more so because of, of your Red Sox, um, you know, by birth situation. But yeah. that's definitely how we feel about the Yankees. Like, well, I like a bunch of these guys, but as, as a policy statement, yeah, Yankees are bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not too keen about their manager. That was helpful. Like, I'm not yeah. too keen about Aaron fucking Boone. That's for sure. The one Yankee, actually, who we hadn't picked, I'm going to butcher his name, the, the catcher, Kyle Higashoika, I think something like that. He seems like a very pleasant guy. So I, I really had nothing against him. He, he might may be, be the only one available to pick <laughs> next year. Yeah. <laughs> Our actually, guys keep going there. Actually, Trevino is looking good, but it, he wasn't playing at that point. Oh, and then they pinch it jo- um, Donaldson. So I was like, all right, well, there's another former boyfriend, even though he's even more former than 
the other ones. Well, yeah, and he's, he's a little bit on the show list because of the whole Tim Anderson thing. Right. So, yeah. Right. So I felt okay putting him on the show list. And then you luckily reminded me about Judge being on the shit list because of dissing Camden Yards. And I'm, I'm totally fine for putting shit, Judge on the shit list for that. But the, the main problem there was that I didn't know when to go pee. That was like, all right, if we are, it was, I think it was tied at that point. And I was like, what's the right thing to do about getting out from my seat? Because yeah. I don't want things to go sour, but I really want to get to the bathroom. And you said it was okay to go the next time Judge came up. And that seemed to work out. Um, I feel like I have a lot of power when you yes. say things like that. I'm like, oh my God, I better use my powers for good because um, I, I appreciate that you listen to me. Yeah. I hope I re- that worked out okay. I really appreciate it. Actually, it kind of worked out. That, um, <laughs> that was when actually the Red Sox were ahead. And right, actually, while I peed, I missed uh, Stanton's home run. So that was, I don't know. Hopefully, I didn't cause it by my. No, you don't break. have that, much, that power. much power. Yeah, but his forearms do. So I yeah. think his forearms like outrank your um, situational. Right. Like, when am I going to pee now or not? Power yeah. and not yeah. having to watch it. Like, if it was going to be inevitable, then yeah, I, that's something. Yeah. So the, the exciting thing about the game, <laughs> though, was was Native Valdi coming back off the IL. Oh, so that okay. was fun to see. He did okay. I mean, he did let up the the three runs in the third that the Yankees had, but. He was up against uh, Jordan Montgomery, who is the slowest fucking pitcher on the face of the earth. I mean, we, this game, it went a long time because it went into extra innings, but oh my God, please pitch the ball, Mr. Montgomery. Does he, he make just, you want a pitch clock? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. He's the reason we can't have nice things. He is. Yeah. Well, you know what? Rafael Devers got two, uh, a two-run home run in the first inning, and I think that slowed him down a lot. So that's the way things started with the Red Sox ahead. I was all happy. The Yankees get three back while I pee. And then Christian Vasquez homers, homers in the fourth inning to Welcome tie to it Welcome to Too up. Much Information yeah. Theater here. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm clearly on the edge of my seat, despite the fact that I was able to, to make it to the Stop bathroom. Stop saying pee. <laughs> Still on the edge of my seat. Bobby Dalbeck, <laughs> my former baseball boyfriend from I think last year or yeah. the year before. It's gotta it be was just the, last year. It was the year before. Was I, it? I super prematurely. Was it? Him. It was too early. That's right. Okay. It was way too early. But it was beautiful. His his average was kind of in the gutter um, because we actually had the the baseball boyfriends between us that we had on the Red Sox made up the bottom third of the lineup, and it was the third of the lineup that was kind of close to the Mendoza line, like a little bit above or below. I think Bobby. He was just above. He homered in the seventh for the go-ahead. So yay, baseball boyfriend points there. And then the bottom of the ninth. And this is, I was like freaking out. I could hear like my heart beating. My whole chest is tight. We're ahead by one. We're going into the bottom of the ninth. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to experience a walk-off in Yankee Stadium. I do not want to see this. And I'm nervous. Our Yankees friend is nervous. Aaron Boone gets thrown out of the game arguing strikes and balls. And what that did at that moment, it was actually a very smart move because, oh, my God, did he have everybody in that stadium behind him. It was – there were some questionable pitches. I'm not going to say what exactly happened, but – He totally galvanized a shit ton of energy. And I think because of that, it really threw the Red Sox off. So the Yanks ended up tying it up on a throwing error by Tanner Houck. And I'm thinking, now we are totally screwed, right? I think at this point, there was one out throwing error. 
There's guys on two bases. They inter- intentionally walk Aaron Hicks to load the bases to maximize their chance for a double play, which somehow they got. And they, yeah, actually, no, there were zero outs. They got the double play, and then, unbelievably, uh, LeMayhew grounded out. So three outs after bases loaded, after letting in the tie-up run on an overthrow. Oh, my God. Like, it was the craziest ninth inning. So now there's more baseball. We go into the 10th. Still Tanner Houck. Super nervous about this. They're starting with a runner on second. They get judged to ground out. And then they intentionally walk Rizzo. And at that moment, I totally lost my shit because they're getting to Stanton, who had already homered. So there's two on and Stanton's up. And I'm like, I understand walking him in order to maximize the chance of the double play, which, spoiler alert, they did get again. Thank God. Because Stanton singled, which is not like Stanton. Right. I was thinking. It's either a home run or an out. Yeah. So he loaded the bases and then they got the double play. Phew. 11th inning, the score, the, the winning run was bless Xander Bogarts' little heart. He ran his heart. He got onto third on a sack. So he was the guy who started on second. Got to third on a sack. Scored on a wild pitch that he had to take off the minute it bounced. He said he was looking for something that bounced. The pitch bounced. He took off. Luckily, it took a weird bounce. And he had barely enough time to get home. And then they bring in Ryan Brazier in the bottom of the 11th. Somebody who does not exude a lot of confidence with me. And it was just (laughs) one, two, three. Boom, boom, boom. All right. So that was my Yankee Stadium experience. And then all my Red Sox fan friends were there for the high five, sell out crowd. Oh, what I failed to fail to mention was that um, I didn't sit in the middle between Mr. Potty Mouth and uh, our, our, our Yankees fan friend, which was a little bit of an error because you know how I, I, what happens with me at games. I did the toddler search, but there was a large person next to me, and I couldn't see what was on the other side of him. Oh, was it a tiny person? It was two tiny people. Oh, no. <laughs> and I didn't figure that out until like the seventh, eighth minute. You but were at Yankee week, Stadium. You were not the only one using language. Absolutely. The worst was the, the, the whole crowd on their feet in the bottom of the 11th, right? Bottom of the 11th inning. This is it. They want to wake, walk it off. And the... Dad, there's a dad in front of me with two kids, and he turns back to me and says, you don't want to break my kids' hearts, do you? <laughs> and I was oh, like, oh, uh, oh, yeah, that was um, a bad did moment. Did you say, well, yes, yes, I do? Yeah, well, I kind of just smiled very sheepishly and was like, uh, and then after the end of the game, I just waved to them and said, you know, things happen. I, you know what? I have. I, I am now going to store this this line in my head for if that ever happens again. <laughs> the line is, I too have children. Ah. Ah. How about like that? It. How about like that? It. We can use that later. I, all right. It's, okay. I'm definitely storing that. All right. So I'm very happy I went to I'm happy I went to Yankee Stadium on Friday night. As opposed to Saturday night when then they obviously took out their ire against the Red Sox and totally crushed them. Fourteen was it fourteen to nothing? I thought they at least got scored a run. Uh, Judge, they must have just been tired from running around the bases. Judge got your exhausting. former boyfriend got two home runs. Matt Carpenter, I know you're going to go into more detail. Holy shit, what he's done with the Yankees, right? I'm not happy to see. And there's apparently a drone investigation. There was a drone sighting in right field. I'm sure that there's lots of like Red Sox cheating uh, lore out there, but they lost 14 to nuts, so I don't know. It's currently looking very bleak. Sale, Chris Sale, in his, what, the second time he's pitched off the IL, got hit in the hand on a line drive, and he's probably out again. 
I bet but, that made him mad. I, I probably. Yeah, I know. With, He's with always it, mad. The Yankees clubhouse is going to be really nice. He's probably, you know, broken up a shitload, shitload of stuff. But um, the, the highlight, though, is my baseball boyfriend, Jeter Downs, homered at Yankee Stadium. Oh, that's a thing of beauty right there. It is. I can appreciate that. It was his first MLB home run. So his first MLB hit was against the Yankees when he was saving the day at Fenway. His first MLB home run at at Yankee Stadium. It's kind of appropriate for a guy named Jeter. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to go ahead right into Matt Carpenter then because right. um, he's my my back from the dead boyfriend because I have picked him in oh the my tw- God. One, in, 19, in 2020 as my cards boyfriend. And he was already sort of like you know been there for a long time and like not really doing his best anymore. And since then, he ended up. Getting signing to like the the Rangers Triple A team at the beginning of the season, and he was like, I don't know if I'm going to be playing. And then it was clear the Rangers were not going to give him a roster mm-hmm. spot, so he said, Okay, I'm out. And he sat on his couch for a week, and the Yankees came calling. He was like, uh, Okay, so shaved his beard, worked on the porn stash. <laughs> yep. So we've you know we've all we've teased him about this porn mustache now, but let's just tell you what what he's been doing since he joined the Yankees, okay? So the Saturday night, as you mentioned, he had a two homer game, seven runs batted in. Holy shit. He is the seventh major leaguer to hit more 13 or more home runs in their first 30 games with a club. Nine of his first 17 hits with the Yankees were home runs. So Matt Carpenter has tuned some things up. He's an old guy, and he figured out some magic and he has the second life now so that's pretty exciting and you know I of course resent that it's with the Yankees and originally (laughs) he like he was brought in because they had you know injured guys and he needed to like sub in for them I'm like okay we can't take him out because his bat is freaking hot right now so I feel good about Matt Carpenter I found one more stat on the train on the way back right now here it is Matt Carpenter of the Yankees is the second MLB hitter in the modern era second MLB hitter period in the modern era to have a 1,000 plus slugging percentage over his first 20 starts of a season the other yeah Barry Bonds in 2004 day so holy fuck boy did I pick Matt Carpenter in the only year that was a bad choice to pick Matt Carpenter but that's okay because I knew he had boyfriend Mm -hmm. um you know cred and he's proven it okay so Whit Merrifield um okay this is a little funny so you may have heard that 10 of the Royals could not go to Toronto because they were not vaccinated. They were on the restricted list. And Whit Merrifield was one of these guys. And I had heard that he he was leading active players in consecutive games played. Like, he had 553 games played. And and I heard that that was broken. I thought, oh, hell, if that was broken, he wouldn't get a damn vaccination. I'd be pissed. Turns out he injured his foot last week before this happened, and he's in a boot. So he could not play so it I mean I still needs to get the shot he still (laughs) needs to get the shot but can you imagine breaking the the league leading you know consecutive game record because he didn't want to get a damn shot he also then pissed everybody off by saying well if I was playing for a team that was a contender and it mattered I'd get a shot so he's on everybody's shit list right now for saying that so his own team's like basically dissing his own team so I'm not feeling good about wit right now um but interestingly, the, the, the Royals did not put him on the I.L., even though he's supposed to be in this boot for a couple of weeks. Oh, man. So he is famous for basically walking it off and playing through injuries, which is how he had 553 games in a row. He says he's back after the All-Star break. Um, the doctors say, you know, 
you need a couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens there. But um, I'm a little relieved that it wasn't just the damn vaccination. I almost wonder if he was, if he hadn't already broken the streak, if he would have dealt with that. But I don't know. Damn. Um, yeah. So um, a current boyfriend report before we get to the All-Star Game boyfriends is, um, I want to talk about Adley because I always want to talk about Adley. But so you had mentioned the um, the Rays. So the, um, the O's are currently playing Tampa. And they had a 10-game winning streak going in. They lost to Tampa as they broke the streak. Ugh. But they won the next game. And the Yay. next game, Adley was not in the lineup. And he came in as a pinch hitter in the eighth inning and hit, like, the game-tying home run. And that was the first O's rookie pinch hit homer since your boyfriend, Trey Mancini, hit one in 2017. Yay. He also then stayed in the game as catcher caught Randy Rosarina stealing at third base, which Holy was shit. super key, and then sacrificed fly in, in extras to, to have, a, have a, run, a run batted in. So wow. Adley made a big, huge difference from the eighth inning on. That made me really happy. And one other thing that made me happy was, you know, we always talk about how, how can Tampa be good and not have anybody show up at the park. Right. So my favorite clip running around Twitter this week since the first game on Friday was the national anthem in – at the trop, and when they got to the O, it was loud. It was oh, like it sounded wow. like there were way more Orioles fans saying "Oh" in the middle of the national anthem than were not. So th- I think that may have spurred the yeah. O's on to second. So they're not looking good today, but they always win in in late innings. So I'm hopeful that maybe they'll be okay. Wow. But that is my um, that's my boyfriend report. Um, for yeah, the beginning stuff before we get, before we get to all star things, the, the and I think that the trap has the uh, acoustics for that. Yo, with the it dome, was a ringing so. O. It was a ringing, ringing Ooh. O. Yeah. All right, I have a not so happy boyfriend report, or I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. So when we paid the big bucks for our jerseys, our lovely City Connect Nats jerseys, it was kind of that moment like. Fuck, who, which, out of these options, who is gonna still be there at the end of the season? And now, like, there's the Josh Bell, who knows what's happening That's my jersey. And I had to get Juan Soto because he's my current once and forever boyfriend. So we get to keep one boyfriend from year to year. And the guy that I've been hanging on to, understandably, is Juan Soto, who, sources say, rejected a 15-year, $440 million contract offer by the Nationals. And so this is all sources say, and I hear that Juan is not so happy that this gets leaked. But you know, dude, I mean, he's 23 years old. Stuff gets leaked. He's also very, very much leaving this up to Scott Boris, who is his agent, and that's why you have an agent. And he is clearly, you know, willing to do the Boris money. And letting him make the decisions. Even if even Davey Martinez sort of said that, like, you have your agent, you focus on your baseball, and we're just going to plan on you being here still. I mean, Davey's still being optimistic about it. The, the offer was a stellar offer. I mean, 15 years. So he's 23 years old. That would be his entire playing career. It would keep him. It would mean you're here in D.C. So it would be a sign that mm-hmm. you love us. We love you. You're sticking out with this. Not for life. Yeah, and none of the money was deferred. They deferred money with Scherzer. They deferred money with Strasburg. Nothing deferred on this. It would have been the highest total contract in history. He would have been annually getting $29.33 million, which I guess when you break it down annually, it's the 20th highest in history. So the big question that everybody's saying now is, 
are the Nats going to trade him? We've got the deadline coming up. What are the Nats? The Nats need some building up of the farm system. They would, they could probably get a really good return from somebody like the Yankees who have already entered the equation, and that just breaks my heart. And That'll I don't kill know. Me. Oh my God, that would kill me dead. So I don't know. I mean, he is. It might not happen this year. He's under their control. He's free agent twenty five, right? So it could happen next year. I, it could not happen. It's all very fuzzy right now, but it just makes me feel kind of woozy. I know he's had a really hot July, and I forgot to put down those stats, but they're kind of out of control. Like in his past couple of weeks, he's out, out of the charts. But he his overall average for this year is 247. So my other part that I'm thinking of is, dude, you're young and you feel like bulletproof right now. But anything can happen. Take four hundred and forty million right. freaking dollars, unless he really doesn't want to be here. But it feels like right. he does. His public face is very much, I like it here. Um, I don't know what his personal feelings are. I mean, he, if if he doesn't want to stay here, he is definitely playing it well. I think what he's doing is listening to Boris, which sucks. I think that Boris knows. Maybe not. I mean, I, I think Boris is in his best interest. Well, yeah, but but Boris wants He's not him, an, a Nats fan best interest, right. but he's in Juan Soto's best interest. So I think he thinks that if he keeps it up, the free agent... But this is... It's a big gamble. Like, if he keeps it up and he's on the free agent market in 25, he's got to really... Something will happen before then. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's my... Lament for yeah, the I think I mean I, I think the Nats. I'm afraid that they're going to just sell anybody else they still have oh that, that looks marketable right now because it it's it's right. a disaster. Right, it's a freaking disaster. I'm hoping that the O's don't <gasps> go there. I think the O's have have showed enough excitement now that maybe they have turned it around. Maybe they'll be buying instead of selling. Wow. Um, but it's pretty pretty interesting to watch. Um, the futures game, which is always a super fun part of All Star Week. Happened yesterday while I was busy watching a major league game because it didn't even occur to me that the freaking futures game was going to be scheduled to be shown at the same time as regularly scheduled MLB games. Well, beyond that, and I'm trying to find it. Do you know where it was? It was being shown. It was being shown on the Peacock Network. Yeah. So like they're showing some baseball now on Peacock, but but still. who has you know like if you want a lot of people to see it. And if you want to build up, I mean, I don't know what the youth watch these days. Are the youth the gonna kids be, today? Yeah, the, the kids today. Are they going to be spending money on Peacock? I kind of. Like, it may have been freaks a lot. I think their baseball games may be uh, free on Peacock. I don't know. I hope so because that's just a weird ass move. It's a weird ass move, and and that. and the futures mm-hmm. game is usually fun. Yeah. Because it's these young guys that you don't get to see. Because it's like it's the best of the minor leaguers. And it's you don't get to see them. And a bunch of the guys I've been following a little bit because they've been in either the Nats or the O's yeah. farm systems. And so I've been watching them a little bit, but I completely missed it. So I'm a little Me ticked too. about that. So I got nothing. But none of our um none of our picked too soon boyfriends were in the futures game as far as I could tell by my quick um, review. So I think we're okay there. But the all-star game, um, I was laughing because we first started saying, okay, here's all our boyfriends in the All-Star game, and right. it was almost everybody. It's like, okay, maybe we should just note our current boyfriends who are playing in the All-Star game because we've been picking boyfriends for five years now. So, yeah, we got a lot of the good guys covered. So uh, my current boyfriends who are on the roster for the All-Star game are Kyle Tucker and Corey Seager and Jazz Chisholm, who That's is awesome. injured, so Ooh. you know he may not be playing, and um, Jake Cronenworth, who is my um, once-and-future boyfriend this year. Those are my current boyfriends who are on All-Star rosters right now. So sadly and interestingly, absolutely nobody who I picked this year is 
on the all-star roster. Nobody. My, my one current boyfriend is Juan Soto, who's a holdover. So that's once it. In future. We have a Yankees fan sneaking by. I just want to draw some attention to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's probably gloating about the score right now. But interestingly, when you look at the, the starting lineups, there's only three guys, both AL and NL, who we hadn't picked. Alejandro Kirk from uh, Toronto, who is big spotlight for next year. Manny Machado, who neither of us have picked, not surprisingly, and Bryce Harper. So those last two, not a shock, but Kirk. Hmm. It was funny because when I just sort of did a quick review, I was like, oh, yeah, we've picked almost everybody, but didn't actually do the numbers. That is freaking amazing. We really picked almost anybody. So of my former picks, which I had a lot of, one notable is the Contreras brothers who are playing together. I love that. So This cool. is the how can you not be romantic about baseball portion of our show. Can you imagine those parents? So oh Wilson God. Contreras of the Cubs, William Contreras of the Atlanta team is, is DHing because of Harper. So he wouldn't have been a starter, but Harper's injured. Uh-huh. So they both get to be on the starting lineup. My biggest ouch feeling of the All-Star game is Martin Perez making the game as a Rangers pitcher when the... The Red Sox didn't keep him, and the Red Sox don't have any pitching. Yeah. So that is super sad. Yeah. And my one last um, piece of advice to everybody, speaking of All-Star Game, is we need to learn, as is in so many things, the MLB should be learning from other leagues in the world. And I think that we can pick up a few pointers from the KBO because their All-Star Game is like a party. They have all sorts of little races. There were, like, guys with the parachute backs. And my favorite was on my team, so I have picked a KBO team for the record, the Dinos, Nick Martini, who has the best name in baseball. <laughs> went Next out- to Seth Beer. Yeah, right? Oh my God. That would be a that would be a scene. He goes out in a Superman cape to go out to bat and drinks a martini before he hits. So. Wow. They they have sort of Savannah bananaed their yes. all-star game. I, <laughs> yes. I know how I feel about that. I love it. I, I love it. Yeah. You know, my favorite part of All-Star Week is absolutely the home run derby. Mm-hmm. I mean, I end up watching the game or part of the game, but the derby is the thing that I just feel like is the most fun. Yeah. I think because it's, it's skill, but it's also – it's. Um, it's just it's guys showing off. Yeah, it's people rooting for it's players rooting for each other across teams. It's it's just so much fun to watch. So I'm very excited to come over to the potty mouth basement yes. to watch watch it big. So for us today is Sunday and we're recording, so we're going to be watching this tomorrow night. For you all, you saw it last night, so you know who won. So when we make our predictions right now, you'll be able to snicker at one or both of us. But the my biggest takeaway for this is it just looks fun. Oh like, yeah, oh, I love the, like all these guys are going to be really fun to watch. Yes, yeah, yeah. and the matchups are good. I got to go with Schwaba because Daddy says so. He is the number two right now in MLB in home runs after Aaron Judge, who is not swinging the bat in this one. He has 29 home runs this season. Yeah. So that's yeah. my pick. So I am dark horsing this and going Corey Seager. Mm. So Corey is my only active boyfriend on the roster. That's fair. Um, he has hit four home runs in the past week. Holy shit. Interestingly, one of the analysts said he always hits them the hard way out of the park, which is not great for the home run derby. Home run derby, oh. you, you want to be able to aim for the short wall, so you just yeah. like boom, 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 boom. So it may not work out, but I kind of want to see him do it because no one's picking him. Yeah. Everybody's picking, like... Uh, P. Alonso has won it right. twice. He is a home run machine. The man is built for the home run derby. He's probably going to win. But you know what? I want to see something a little bit different. And I want I want to see Corey do it. I yeah. want to see Corey do it. I agree with you. 
Um, the, the, well, not, not on the pick, but I agree with you. I want to see something different than Pete yeah, Alonso. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the draft starts today and goes for the next couple wow. of days. So it'll still be going on um, when the episode drops. And um, I just we noted uh, the Drew Jones was like the probably it was kind of ranked number one. But the f- interesting thing is the first two likely picks in the draft are sons of former players, not just Drew Jones, but also Jackson Holiday is the son of Matt oh, Holiday, wow. seven-time All-Star. I know Andrew Jones, five times All-Star. And both of these kids are coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. They're not like getting drafted as juniors in college. They're getting drafted right out of high school, and they are very likely going to be like the Orioles and the Diamondback picks in any order, the number one and the number two picks. Um there have been a couple of articles written recently, and also one um, that five that um, that Nate Silver's uh, group did a couple years ago about how there are more like kids of major league players in baseball than there are like kids of professional athletes in other sports. Oh wow, which is kind of interesting. And so there's this whole nature nurture thing going huh. on, and some of it is these kids grow up in the major leagues. Yeah. They're in the ballpark. They're in the clubhouse. They see the work ethic they know how it works mm-hmm. they make friends with players um there was a, a, a quick little in- interview with um dusty baker's son talking about how oh yeah so uh, Gio gonzalez sent me cleats before the you know the futures oh. game and you know i'm friends with so-and-so and friends with so-and-so so they have these relationships but also they have the privilege of the money and yeah. the access because as you know baseball is one of those super expensive sports to play when you're a kid to pay for travel teams to um to play pay for equipment and access and all of this stuff and so they kind of have both the the good genes because yeah. they come from parents who are athletes but also the atmosphere and the means to do well so they're actually a huge number of kids who are second generation um, in the draft. So we're going to see how that goes. So um, good luck, everybody. I hope it turns out how you want it to turn out. Hey, I have a delicious beer in my hand. Do we know what it is? Mm. This is Silver Branch Mondo Mundo. It's very nice. I'm enjoying it. And I'm glad it's only half a beer because I'm on the PA announcing tonight at the Thunderbolts. So (laughs) I need to be relaxed, but not too relaxed. This is perfect. All right. I'm feeling relaxed enough to say good things about the Orioles again. How about that? <laughs> we think, I'm just saying that <laughs> Junior Potty Mouth and I, every once in a while, say, you know, Potty Mouth is actually an O's fan. She just doesn't know it yet. This is so painful because I have so many painful memories about the Orioles. But there's so much, I can't not like them. And even right? more so than the Yankees. Like the Yankees, I kind of can't not like. Like the Orioles, I, it's a beautiful park. I go there all the time. They're very nice to me there. And they recently promoted Eve Rosenbaum to assistant GM. So if you've been paying attention, folks, you'll know that back in episode 110, we first mentioned her because we like to spotlight women who are working in baseball. That at that point, she was appointed to the director of baseball development, which was like a front office position that included analytics and scouting. She's our neighbor. She's originally from Bethesda, Maryland, right around the corner. Played baseball. Baseball growing up. Did not play softball. But when she got to Harvard University, so no slacker there for the brains, she walked onto the softball team as a catcher. Nice. And played there. Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting because now in her job in doing baseball analytics and focusing on baseball, she's talking about how baseball can learn from softball. So how about that? That it's a faster play is how she feels. And to learn about things like bunting and small ball that we love and running it out. And she said that softball has more bang-bang plays For at first sure. base. Yep. So 
yay to Eve. And another wonderful thing about her being uh, advanced to assistant GM for the O's is that her mom's a huge O's fan. So like that's really I, fun, and then that she totally talked about her mom on that. So I think that is lovely. So we may want to talk to Eve sometime. Yeah, you know what? I think maybe we should try to do if, that. If anybody else out there has better connections that we do, let us know because Eve Rosenbaum is dis- assistant GM of the Baltimore Orioles. And then in my very very short international baseball nod right now, I just want a huge congratulations to Nelson Cruz, who was a Patty pick for last year or the year before for Baseball Boyfriend. A while ago. And he absolutely embodies what it is to be a baseball boyfriend. He has a passion for the game, but he also is such a do-gooding guy. Like, he's given so much back to the Dominican Republic. He's involved in so many charity works. And now he is set to manage the Dominican Republic for the World Baseball Classic that I am waiting for that's coming next year, 2023, March 9th to the 21st. Today, uh, this is Sunday, or yesterday, between yesterday and today, was approved by Major League Baseball and the Players Association because he's an active player. So he's actually the first guy in history as an active player who has been named manager of the World Baseball Classic team. So the World Baseball Classic in its current iteration as an international competition has only been around since 2006. Um, He's replacing Moises Alou, who was the manager for 13 and 17 the last two times. And he stepped down on his own volition. Like after, I think it was before the pandemic, he just decided I'm not doing this anymore. There will be an official announcement tomorrow. So maybe you guys have heard about this. So that's Monday, the day before you're actually hearing me. Maybe you've heard more details. But the cool thing about, one of the many cool things about Nelson Cruz is that he played on this team both actually he played on the team three times in 09 and in 13 and in 17 and in 2017 the last world baseball classic he hit the three run home run to beat the united states in the finals i can't imagine why they'd want him to manage just because he's um a veteran of major league baseball for a thousand years and a good dude and super smart and super kind and good at baseball and we've seen like the effect he i mean he's on the nationals now so we've seen the effect that he's had on on juan soto and just like that mentorship and that yeah it's amazing to watch them together and i can't wait to see that like i don't know i think my money might go on the dr could be i had to put money down right now yeah that's that's a good pick that's Definitely good pick. Hey, who loves to talk about labor in baseball? That's me. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Welcome to um, Unite Here, local, thir- uh, local 11, excuse me, that represents concession workers at Dodger Stadium, who a week ago had said, um, we're going to strike for the All-Star game. And they wow. had 99% of the food and beverage workers at Dodger Stadium agreed to strike. Now, they're not employed by the Dodgers. They're employed by Compass Levi, which, you know, because concessions mm-hmm. are all contracted out. Right. Like, teams don't run their own concessions, of course. They all contract out. The location is Dodger Stadium, but it's Compass Levi who they have um, their contracts with. So because of the very public announcement and, and strike <laughs> vote, by Wednesday they were back in negotiations. Wow. So that's pretty cool. And they have agreed because the negotiations are proceeding in a productive way that they're not going to strike during the all, All-Star festivities. They were going to start the strike, I believe, on Saturday. It was like the first day of All-Star events at or near Dodger Stadium. So they're, they are actually they – they're working through – 
they're they're working on site in Dodger Stadium while mm. these negotiations are going on. Um, one thing that made me really happy was to see that the players' union, um, the MLBPA, put out a statement of support for these stadium workers that said, we stand in solidarity with the Dodger Stadium concessions workers, like thousands of ballpark workers across the country. Local 11's members are a vital yet underappreciated part of what makes our game great. They deserve to be treated fairly and will continue to have the 1,200 members of the MLBPA behind them. Amen. That's awesome. Isn't that really cool? I'm very excited about that. So a group of ballplayers who are not represented by a union are your minor league players. As we've talked about on a regular basis, and back in May, we talked about a lawsuit that was brought by three former minor league players um, against MLB. It was was being addressed in the state of California um, that turned into a federal class action suit to look for um, minimum wage because of minimum wage and overtime violations Mm. by teams. And MLB settled back in May, and just now they have announced how big the settlement is. The settlement is $185 million, $120 million of which will go to thousands of minor league players that qualify as part of this specific class. So it's not going to end up being a, a bunch of money per player, but it is definitely a statement that is being made that there is a problem in how major the major leagues pay and support their minor league players. So um, this has been, we're addressing this on a lot of levels, right? Advocates for minor leaguers, mm-hmm. that Senate Judiciary Committee, like the antitrust exemption. Um, there are a lot of ways this is being looked at. So I got to believe something beyond, hey, we're going to house the guys, which is great, is going to happen soon. And and MLB is like, okay, we're housing the guys now. It's like they're, they're claiming baby steps. And they're not wrong that there have been some baby steps, but it's been a long damn time. And those mm-hmm. baby steps can kind of get a little bit more in gear and get to be like, you know, big kid steps sometime soon. But I think um, decisions like this will help that go a long way. Yeah, I'm thinking we're moving from baby steps to floodgates Like yeah. at this point. Like, I think you're right. There's not going to be holding back. And I'm really curious to how that money is going to get doled out. Like who are the players like who's who are... in the class. Res- yeah. Yeah. And do they know it's coming? Is somebody going to sort of be like, what? where is this coming from? Like, yeah, yeah. No, I think so because, again, like we talked about advocates for minor leaguers. In lieu of a union mm-hmm. for minor league players, advocates for minor leaguers is kind of serving as that unifying voice, right. that unifying organization. So I believe that they are going to take responsibility for for getting that word out, for making sure that the players know what's happening, that they are up to date and they are doing whatever needs to happen in order to get that money. Um, I kind of feel like that's the role that they're serving right now because there isn't a union. It'd be great if it got to the point of a union, but we're not there yet. All right. Hey, we have a fantasy team. And um, some of us are better at it than others. And by (laughs) us, I mean the people who aren't me or Potty Mouth are pretty good at it. So um, interestingly, Bono's Boyfriends has pulled ahead with a commanding lead of 197.5 points above Spicy Susie's Hot Mess Express at 180.5. So they were neck and neck for a long time. Now there's a big difference. The neck and neck part is now the leftovers and iZombie is for adults. Of 185 and a half over 187 and a half. Yeah, I've been joking with the leftovers about how you got to be careful if the zombies are at your back. Like, yeah, for sure. Is... No, they, they may not be the shambling yes. kind. They may be the running kind. So keep looking over your shoulder. Um, super depressed ace fan is next, followed by Karen's injured team Ooh. and Deborah F's team. And then me in number eight. And then the kids. And then um, defense good, offense meh. 
10th, and then High Potty Mouth. And then I'm in the absolute basement. So I've got to say, last week we left a little bit of a cliffhanger on this. You said that you would you would explain how the points work. And since then, I have gotten response from our, our players saying, so tell us, Patty, how do the points work? Oh, sure. Oh, it's so easy. Yeah. It's so they, easy. They want to know that part. They want to know that part? Okay. Yeah. So if you are part of, this is a, a Yahoo-managed um, fantasy league and we have selected all the categories like Ah. like your batting average like your double plays turned like your saves like your ops there's a whole like if you pull up your roster you'll see all the different categories Mm -hmm. where your players are scored and then all the players are scored let's let's just say let's call this is ops for an example so everybody all your players ops's are going to be different and if there are 11 teams, the the team that has the highest OPS gets the most points, and then it goes down. And so it's like, you know, you get 11 points, you get 10 points, based on the, how you are in relation to other teams. So your guy hitting a home run mm-hmm. itself doesn't get you a point. But if all your guys' home runs add up to the most home runs, Based on um, how many of my guys and how many of Karen's guys and how many of the leftovers guys yeah. and how many of the kids' guys, et cetera, have home runs, that's the ranking. So your points are actually how your team is ranked for number of home runs or double plays turned or saves or um, OPS or whatever those things okay. are. All right. So there's just so many categories that I think it's hard to like. So, yeah. So if you pull up together. the league uh, head to head comparison, mm-hmm. you'll see how your team ranks compared to other teams in each category and that's why they'll say like you are the best in this category you're the worst in this category if everybody's tied like you know complete games and things like that are often like no one's got it so everyone's tied at like six or whatever that is but and and clearly most of the time when you're talking right now in my brain i was thinking where does the s go on ops so you said ops's and i'm like on base percentage plus slugging would it be on base percentages plus slugging so it would be ops s I don't want to say peace anymore. We said peace a lot talking right. about you at the Yankees game. I'm done talking about Pete. All right, we can wrap this shit up. I, I am just saying, hey, so I'm going from here to to doing the PA announcing for a Thunderbolts game, which means it's probably going to rain. So, hey, sorry about that, Thunderbolts. But this is the last week of our Collegiate League's regular season. And then the following week is the um, the playoffs. So we're crossing our fingers that we play next week. But I, I've got a bunch of Thunderbolt games this week. That's my baseball this week. What do you got going on <laughs> besides coughing up a lung? Besides coughing. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to have a little bit of a gathering here tomorrow night to watch the uh, Home Run Derby. Yeah, we are. And then, I don't know, Go we got to do something. Go Corey. <laughs> Schwabba, Schwabba. we got to do something for the All-Star game. And then I don't know. I gotta chase down the Thunderbolts. I don't have a hell of a lot of other formal plans. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You did great. Yeah. You've had a heck of a weekend, and you showed up, and you did your thing, and I'm really impressed. And I wore a bright red Red Sox jersey at Yankee Stadium. You are the bravest person I know. <laughs> I am so impressed with you. Um, if you're not a braving wearing a um, opposing team jersey to a scary, scary ballpark this week, <laughs> and instead have some spare time at home, please feel free to listen to some past episodes. Um, look up some uh, episodes where we have profiled guys that you um, we've called boyfriends that you want to learn more about 
please go ahead and do that. If you have friends or family that you think would like to hear us talk about baseball, please do share the podcast with them. Leave us a rating or review if you get a chance to do that. Uh, If you have complaints or ideas, (laughs) find Potty Mouth on social media. That goes to me. If you're on Twitter, catch us at NCIB Podcast. If you're on Facebook and Instagram, it's No Crying in B-Ball. Get your second booster, please. Um, You need to fight the man because it's the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. How do we get more beer in this house, damn it? Oh, we got tech support. <laughs> <laughs>